0: Until one day, everything completely changed in our lives.
1: Hey, you, welcome. Welcome to Episode 1 of Intergenerational Wisdom, a show that aims to bridge the gap between young and older through storytelling. Intergenerational Wisdom is a show that highlights the wisdom and knowledge of those in the community who have experiences on the areas where you are seeking an inside scoop. This show uses an intergenerational scope where stories will overlap from organizers, citizens, community members, siblings, and family members. On today's episode, you will get to hear Ethan Camarena's story about his childhood and the challenges he and his mother were faced with from a young age, and how he has used those lived experiences to help him and those around him. In this episode, Ethan goes into detail about the specific elements beyond his family that have had a significant impact on his life, like youth programming,
0: finding his passion, and the importance of being of service. Everyone's first impression of me growing up if they were to see me as like a little kid, they would say, you know what, that kid had it going for him. He had like the nicest clothes, always had the newest toys, always had the newest gaming console. Basically just from like a general picture, my life looked awesome. But what people didn't actually know is that behind the scenes, my life was pretty much not the best for a kid growing up. And by that, I mean, i would come home, put my bag down, And the first thing I would do is just walk around the house to try to look for knives because these knives are put there by my dad to try to kill my mom. So although everything looked really good from the outside, from the inside it was all kind of messed up, truthfully. And this is all attested to the fact that my dad had a condition called schizophrenia. So a lot of people kind of know that term. Just they maybe give it from a person who's experienced it as a child with their parent. My dad would literally go on different episodes or maybe he wasn't taking his medication. Like there'd be times where he would literally think like he's God or like, I'm the devil. And basically saying that in order for the world to be okay, like I would have to die or my mom would have to be a certain type of way or I'd come home sometimes and just hear him literally like in the basement, just screaming his lungs out music playing like really loud. And again, like this is all since I was a little kid, you could say three to two to like even like 10 to 12. So this is pretty much all I knew growing up was a life where when I get home and walk through the door, I had no idea what to expect. The average day for me growing up was basically just going to school from there, not doing too well. Academically, I was never really, I didn't perform too well growing up. So just going to school and just running through the motions because that wasn't something that I was very fond of cause I didn't really do well at. And then basically my whole life was revolved around my personal life. So once I got home from school or once I woke up, okay, what's going to happen today in terms of like me, my mom, my dad, pretty much how was I going to go about today because each day could be completely different especially given the fact that my dad was schizophrenic so whether he's taking medication or not he could be completely different than when I met him yesterday so as a kid you're just really confused all the time right because here you see like your dad acted a certain type of way he loves you he acts like a great father but the next day you could see him be a completely different person, like literally in your face, eyes wide open, red face, just screaming at the top of his lungs saying that like, you're the devil, I'm God. It could be literally anything. There's been times where he's thought he's like a movie star. It, it could literally be anything from any day out if he was going through an episode where he wasn't taking his medications. And as a kid, that's not something that I'd be very purview to in terms of is he actually taking his medication or not and so forth. So that's something that my mom would really have to handle growing up. I felt like even though I had so many things going on in my personal life that took most of my attention in terms of how to just go through my day and make sure me and my mom are okay, what was really a big priority for my mom, although we were going through all this, was my education. Although I wasn't doing too well, she would literally buy textbooks for different subjects like math, English, and make me try to read it as a kid. So even though I'd be nine or 10, I'd be reading like the next grade up, like textbooks for math or English or so forth. So although things were pretty bad personally in our lives, one thing that she always stressed as like super important almost as a way out was education. Growing up, that was my day-to-day life where it looked really good from the outside, but on the inside, it was not whatsoever what anybody could imagine, especially seeing a young chubby kid like myself who had pretty much the nicest clothes and the nicest everything that my mom and dad worked really hard for to get me. Even apart from everything that happened growing up in terms of like a bad childhood through just the experiences of like my dad if he had an episode both my parents were really hard-working individuals really smart and did whatever they could to possibly provide me the best life that I had. So regardless of all the things that went down in my life that's one thing I can definitely reflect on and be like hey thank you so much for doing that because although my life was bad it definitely could have been a lot worse growing up as a kid. I feel like in general, what got me through my childhood was the hope that it was going to get better. And that was something that was echoed by my mom every single day. That although things are going to be bad today, tomorrow they can 100% be better and that's based on how you feel and your outlook on life i can definitely say that at the time i was like yeah you know what if you make sure you work hard in school like you're gonna get through this like there was really nothing like that as a kid it was just going through the motions the best memory i had growing up was definitely christmas because at that time it seemed like everything was okay in the world i got all the things that i wanted my family was around my mom and dad were there so everything was kind of okay at that point you could say that it definitely weren't the best obviously but they weren't how they usually were so that's kind of what made the season of Christmas the best memory for me as a kid growing up so going through all this as a kid it was funny because every single day I would come back go through my motions, and just try to make sure that life was okay for both me and mom until one day everything completely changed in our lives put down my book bag look around the house but the funny thing is this time When I actually opened the door, I can realize that something was a little bit different about today. When I walked in the house, I heard my dad absolutely losing his mind in the basement and screaming at the top of his lungs, saying that he's going to kill us. And as a kid, that absolutely frightens you. So the first thing I did right away is drop my book bag. I ran up the stairs. I went in my room and I was with my mom. Me and my mom were in my room. We locked the door and one thing led to another. My dad got into the room my mom ended up getting hurt i ended up getting hurt and next thing you know the cops came So once the police came, they basically took my dad away and took me and my mom. And basically from there, we realized, okay, we obviously can't stay where we are anymore because of the incident. Because if for example, if my dad would ever come out or if my dad were ever to be released from the police, he would know where we live. So after the incident that we had, we could no longer live together. So from there, me and my mom were forced to live in a homeless shelter and move our things right away until we found a new place. So once we did that, my dad was taken to jail for the incident that happened one day Even before walking in the door, I knew something was different about today. And that was a day where my dad said that, okay, I'm going to kill him, which was like me. So then at that moment in time, my mom was like, okay, like I can't let this happen. So I ran into my room. Me and my mom were in my room. We locked the door. One thing led to another. My dad got in the room. He ended up hurting my mom. He ended up hurting me. The neighbors ended up calling the cops. They showed up. They took away my dad. And they placed me and my mom in a homeless shelter to live in momentarily until we found a new place. During this time frame, this wasn't the easiest thing to go through as a kid as well and coincidentally like I wasn't in school at the time it was during summer so I didn't have to worry about do I have school in the morning I just had to basically focus on our day-to-day life so eventually after staying at the homeless shelter for a little bit we were eventually placing a home in the south area of Ottawa being the Alta Vista area and that's where we lived in the next eight years of my life I was 12 that was the summer going into my grade eight year at that time, I wasn't really focused on reflecting and saying, okay, this actually just happened. I was just more focused on the next step. Like what can we do to like get out of the situation we're in? Because growing up, I always had to be very aware of my situation and understand this is the problem I need to fix it by doing this. At that moment in time, like I was so focused on this is where we're at. This is not good. Let's move on. But. That would always stop me from actually having time to sit down and be like, hey, that actually happened. Like, what does that mean to me? So at that time, I really had no idea because, again, I was just focused on being able to live somewhere with my mom and not be in a homeless shelter. So, yeah, even though that was out of my hands, that's something that obviously I had to keep on thinking about every single day. Until basically the age of 15, I was just living in a life where every single day I had to focus on what was happening. Fast forward one year from that incident, my dad gets out of jail. Now, once he gets out of jail, there's actually technically a restraining order between my mom and me and my dad. But obviously with everything we went through growing up, if you think about every possible variable in some weird way, obviously I still wanted to see him. I'm a kid still, you know? So we end up very slowly developing a relationship again a year after the incident, seeing each other once a month, then going to once every two weeks, then to maybe going to once a week and just slowly starting to integrate as a family, but definitely go see my dad again in person and like spend time with him now as things in that aspect are developing in a positive direction, where in my head, at least as a kid, the family's kind of getting back together. Things are looking normal because at the time after everything we went through, my dad was like taking his medication. He was, you know, him and not like the other person that I knew. That's when we found that he had cancer. When things were just starting to maybe look a little bit good on my life, it went like upside down all over again. And after fighting it two times, he ended up losing his battle to cancer when I was 15. I was 15 and he was actually 33. He was pretty young when it happened. I was pretty young. After everything we went through growing up, finally having something that was like somewhat going in a good direction felt good. And just to have it all taken from you and have the rug be pulled right underneath your feet just absolutely destroyed me, like hundred percent. At the time, I was in grade 10 and it happened on February 18th of that year and going back to school. Again, just like I said before, the story of my life, I wasn't doing too well academically. I don't even know how I really passed my classes. I know there was one guy who was like my science teacher and I'm pretty sure he made me pass my class with a 51 because of how bad he felt for me. He, you know, gave me a blessing in disguise and ended up passing that class and that decision from that teacher saved my life because if it wasn't for that decision, I would have never discovered health and fitness through a free Good Life Fitness membership during that summer. And then that's when things turned around. So the same year that my dad ended up passing away was the same year my life absolutely changed. And again, those two have no correlation together because one wasn't a byproduct from the other, but literally finding and discovering something that was going to help me personally is what completely changed my life. So after spending the two months of summer in good life and just grinding out every single day to work on my body, to work on my mind, I ended up losing 50 pounds in two months. And then coming back to school that September, everyone's looking at you and but hey, like, who are you? You don't look like the same kind of person. You look completely different, you look good. Finally, having something positive in my life that's coming from something that's not personal in my life. Just having an environment that's positive, that was completely new to me. And in my head, it was because I lost weight, I got fit. Now this is pretty much what absolutely changed my life. So then that's when I've dedicated the rest of my two or three years to just health and fitness. And then from there it was like, okay, you know what? If this helped me so much going through what I went through, I wanna help other people do the same thing. Coming out of high school and graduated from St. Paul Catholic High School in Ottawa, I ended up going to Algonquin College for fitness and health promotion. The biggest difference between high school and post-secondary, whether it's college or university, you actually get to do something that you love. So although high school, like, you know, obviously you find certain things that you do love, you're not doing everything you always want to do all the time in life in general. You're not always going to do what you always love, but actually going to study and do what I love is what helped me also then change that aspect of my life, which was academic. So my whole life, I was really bad in school, but the moment I actually did what I wanted to do, I started doing a lot better. So once I got to Algonquin, I didn't come in with a strategy. I didn't come and say, hey, let's study this many hours. Let's do this. It was more so, hey, I like what I'm reading. Let's keep reading it. So once I kept reading it and then I got tested on it, I started doing a lot better. And this pretty much led me becoming a dean's honor roll student, also becoming a peer tutor for Algonquin College, then become also a student rep for my program, or running study groups with a lot of my peers, to then being a lot more involved through extracurriculars at Algonquin, whether through intramural sports like basketball, being involved in different entrepreneurial events or different volunteer events or business networking events so pretty much is absolutely having that environment once I graduated high school and doing what I love is what helped me do pretty well in school I feel like the positive environment that I had doing what I actually love to do helped me excel academically at this point in time I figured out two things in my life one was the health and fitness being my body and my mind so that was absolutely the most important part then moving on to the next step which was in my life the specific aspect being my academics so once I handled step one step two got handled which is education so my education got a lot better and my mind and body got a lot better. Youth Futures helped me when I graduated the program, which led to even more youth programs. For example, a program called Project Fly, which was a program given by Enactus Ottawa. Project Fly was another youth development program that was actually the program that really developed my interest into business. Cause through Youth Futures, I was learning how to work better with others, how to help your community, how to be more professional. And then through Project Fly, I learned, hey, you have all that. Now do you wanna start a business with that? If you have an idea, let's work on that. So that was Project Fly to me after Youth Futures. So for both Youth Futures and Project Fly, seeing how much I got out of that, I came back and volunteered for both organizations periodically with Youth Futures getting a little bit more of my attention. I'd come come back every single Saturday and volunteer as a youth mentor. And then same thing for Project Fly, which is instead of an eight month program like Youth Futures, it was a five month program for youth. So I came back as a youth mentor. And then from there I came back as a more solidified role in Youth Futures, the program analyst. And then for Enactus U Ottawa, I just kept volunteering over the years until eventually became an officially enrolled student at the University of Ottawa, which then I was able to become an official member of Enactus U Ottawa, which then I was appointed as the project manager for Project Fly. So now I have a sick opportunity in my life where, I can actually do for youth what people at the time did for me. This goes back to what I do with health and fitness, health and fitness. I basically changed my life and then I wanted to help others experience the same thing. So now that I'm in a position where I'm the project manager for project fly, I now have the opportunity to do the same thing for other youth. And that's literally all I want to do. I want to make sure that they have all the opportunities possible to grow personally and professionally. And I want to continually give them the opportunities to meet new people, to develop their ideas, to basically grow and succeed in any aspect that they wish to. So that was one aspect of my life, being youth programming and so forth. Basically how I got into business in the first place through project fly. Initially, they helped me develop my idea from there. I got into my very first business program, which is delivered by invest Ottawa. That was a two month program where basically they gave me $3,000 to start my own business. And then through a series of workshops through the whole summer, we learned about marketing. We learned about logistics. We learned about product. We learned about idea development, pretty much everything entrepreneurs should know. And that was the start of my knowledge and thirst for business. So fast forward after summer company invest Ottawa, I ended up going, through three more incubator entrepreneurship programs, which were designed to develop one's interest in starting a business and then also maybe even provide funding so they could do so. It is all kind of correlated in a way because I would have never got to get into summer company if it wasn't for project fly. And I would have never gotten to project fly if it wasn't for youth futures. So I would have never got into invest auto, which is the first business program that helped me start my first business fitness tricks for life. If it wasn't for project fly. And i would have never gotten to project fly if it wasn't for youth futures and in a way i would have never gotten to youth futures if i didn't lose weight now the story behind me actually getting to youth futures was one day i got a text from a friend of mine named adam Holloway that i met through a community center that i used to go play basketball at and he basically texted me one day saying hey this link here click it and i don't care what you think i don't care if you don't know anything put your everything and sign up so Next thing you know, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll listen to you. I signed up. I was then brought into an interview process. And then after an interview, I got into the program. Now, the reason why this ties into how I lost weight and something that I feel like super important when I reflect back on my life is when other people see that you want to help yourself, all they want to do is help you. So people like to help people who like to help themselves. So if it wasn't for all these different people at all these different stages that I went through in my life, whether it's Youth Futures, Project Fly, Invest Ottawa, i college high school all these different people looking and say hey that guy wants to help himself i want to help him too if it wasn't for that i would have never been able to experience the things that i've experienced now and go through the positive things that i've been through now in my life so that's what all i want to do now is help other people that's all i absolutely want to do So now I'm in a period of my life where I'm about to go into my second year of university and I'm more than excited to keep working in my community through Project Fly to study and do what I love. And right now I feel like I'm in a place where my personal life, my relationship with my girlfriend, my academics, my work, my volunteer work, I'm just absolutely happy and grateful for what I've been through and where I'm at now, but still more hungry than ever to keep working harder and do more for others and help the community in any way I possibly can. The advice I would give my younger self is don't forget the vision. And even through the things that I went through growing up with my dad and my mom, the vision at that time being one day life will be better for me and my mom. So don't forget that vision. So don't forget the vision as a kid. Don't forget the vision when you wanted to help others lose weight. Don't forget the vision when you wanted to pursue U Ottawa. That would be the advice through any single version of my younger self is just Don't forget the vision because that's the one thing that's gonna keep you going no matter what. The advice I would give my present self now, and this took a lot of self-reflection, although sometimes I feel like I am working pretty hard, I would definitely say work harder because you always can, and I definitely know I can. Another piece of advice I would give myself now is to dial down and focus because at one point in time, you're doing a hundred things in your life, but were you really doing all of them really well? So right now I'd rather dial down on one or two things and just absolutely kill those and do my absolute best in those. The last piece of advice I would give myself, now would be again always put others before yourself because it's really easy to get caught up in your day-to-day life and everything you got going on but trust me there's other people out there that are having it way worse and whether you believe it or not you can dramatically change how they feel today drastically drastically change how they feel tomorrow always put others before yourself family friends your community and my future self would be to keep family first, always make sure that your loved ones and the people closest to you and the people who supported you along the way are always a priority in your life. Second to that would be your community. So the people you work with, the people you live next to, the people you love, always put them before you because as much as you feel good when you do good things for yourself, you'll feel way better when other people do or feel better. And they say, hey, thank you, man, for doing that.
1: The notion that younger folks are not engaged and not in tune with their surroundings is like many things in the world today. A myth. Ethan proves this by providing context about the challenges he faced growing up and how he intentionally chose to not fall victim to the circumstances. The cards we are dealt with in life don't have to be the cards we end up with. Do you have a story you want to share about a time where we did something cool? Feel free to reach out Kaled Ege via email at Khalid Ege 97. At gmail.com, Khalid spelled K H A L I D, Ege spelled E G E H 97 at gmail.com, or on Instagram at Khalid underscore Ege. A very special thank you to CHUO89.1 FM for supporting this initiative from the beginning to today. Support independent community radio today at www.patreon.com backslash C-H-U-O-89-1-F-M.